Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast is sponsored by my friends over at ShopC60.com. If you haven't heard of Carbon 60 or otherwise called C60 before, it is a powerful Nobel Prize winning antioxidant that helps to optimize mitochondrial function, fights inflammation, and neutralizes toxic free radicals. I'm a huge fan of using C60 in conjunction with a healthy lifestyle to support your immune system, help your body detox, and increase energy and mental clarity. If you are over the age of 40 and you'd like to kick fatigue and brain fog to the curb this year, visit shopc60.com and use the coupon code JOCKERS for 15% off your first order and start taking back control over your health today. The products I use, I use their C60 in organic MCT coconut oil. They have it in various different flavors. They also have sugar-free gummies that are made with allulose and monk fruit. They also have carbon 60 and organic avocado and extra virgin olive oil. When it's combined with these fats, it absorbs more effectively. And carbon 60 is great as a natural energizing tool because it really helps your mitochondria optimize your energy production. Now, if you take it late at night, for some individuals, it may seem a little bit stimulating. So that's why we recommend taking it earlier in the day, and it will give you that great energy, that great great mental clarity that you want all day long. It will help reduce the effects of oxidative stress and aging and really help you thrive. So again, guys, go to shopc60.com. Use the coupon code JOCKERS to save 15% off your first order and start taking back control of your health today. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Got a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking all about the food industry, big food industry, and how they actually pay health influencers in order to get their message out. Ultimately, big food industry profits off of ultra processed foods that use very cheap ingredients and chemical based ingredients that you know, they're able to get inexpensively or they're able to have certain patents on and they want to be able to sell more products with these ingredients. And so therefore they want the average individual to think that they're healthy or they're part of a balanced diet. But we know these things are extremely unhealthy, that they're linked with chronic inflammation, that they disrupt the gut microbiota and they lead to chronic disease. But big food industry has been doing this for a long time. And one of the common questions people will ask me is they'll say, well, if there's so many toxins in our food and, you know, if we shouldn't be eating a lot of these things that, you know, that, that are all over the place and, you know, that I grew up eating, then why, why don't I see more of this information in the media? And the reason why is because big food, big food industry that makes all of these different processed foods. When you go into the grocery store, all the foods in the middle aisles, all those foods are made by big food industry, pretty much just about all of them. And they're making in incredibly high profits off of these foods. 
And unfortunately, most people are buying these things and it's detrimental to their health. They're driving up inflammation in their system. They're throwing off their blood sugar. We've got an epidemic of diabetes, obesity, of uh, fatty liver disease, of metabolic dysfunction in our society. And one of the primary reasons is because we're eating these foods. And most people think, well, if it's in the grocery store, it's got to be okay for me. It's not going to kill me. It's it's going to be fine, at least if I eat it in, quote unquote, moderation. But you know that's not really the truth. When we're eating a lot of ultra-processed foods, we are going to drive up inflammation in our body. We are going to create insulin resistance, diabetes, and ultimately, we're going to end up with a chronic degenerative disease or autoimmune disease that ends up causing us to be on medications and living off medications for many, many years and ultimately suffering and, and oftentimes dying early. And so this is a really, really big problem, but we have to understand the food industry really profits off of us buying their ultra processed foods. And they're not as concerned about our overall health. And what their goal is, is to give us such a hyper palliative or such an incredible experience when we consume their food, such an incredible mouth experience and such a dopamine hit in our brain that we become addicted to the flavors in their particular food. So we continue to eat them and we have trouble stopping eating them. And therefore we purchase more and more and more of them. And you know, a good percentage of our society has true food addictions to these ultra processed foods. Now, in this podcast, what I want to go over is this Washington Post investigative article here. And this was September 13th, 2023. It says the food industry pays influencer dietitians to shape your eating habits. Registered dietitians are being paid to post videos that promote diet soda, sugar, and supplements on Instagram and TikTok. This is really key. A lot of people will say, Dr. Jockers, your information is different from what my dietitian told me. Or, you know, I went to the hospital and the dietitian there said I should do such and such and such. I should eat more whole grains. I should eat, uh, you know, I should stay away from saturated fat. I should eat, look for, you know, any foods that have cholesterol in them and not eat them. You know, I, I hear all of these types of things. What we have to realize is that dietitians and in nutrition school that, Dietitians are actually trained by textbooks and by information that's being funded by big food. Unfortunately, I mean, I took nutrition in, in college as well. I took it in my undergrad and in graduate school. And unfortunately, all that information, just about all of it was wrong. I had to read books outside of what I was reading to prepare for tests. And I had to study outside of that to really learn functional nutrition. So your typical nutritionist or dietitian, they are learning from big food industry. In fact, big food industry is what is who sponsors the various uh, conferences and organizations that they're a part of. And so they're constantly hearing this information. Sugar isn't bad. It's part of a healthy, balanced diet. Artificial sweeteners aren't bad. Seed oils like corn oil, canola oil, they're actually healthy because they're not saturated fats. Stay away from the saturated fat and instead consume the polyunsaturated fat. But what we didn't realize and what they're not taught is what these fats actually do. We know high polyunsaturated fats are very fragile in the body. They're very reactive to 
you know, free radical damage, right? So they're they're highly reactive. They become damaged. They create massive amounts of oxidative stress in the system. Whereas saturated fats are very stable in the body and they can't be oxidized in the same way. So therefore they reduce oxidative stress in our system. But dietitians, nutritionists aren't taught that. They're just taught saturated fat increases cholesterol, more cholesterol you have, the higher risk of heart disease. But that's not true. That is old science, or I guess you could say an old idea, an old theory. It's not actually based on real evidence-based science, but th these are things that they're taught. They're taught that sugar is fine. Sugar doesn't feed cancer. Sugar is normal part of our healthy diet. We should all be consuming a certain amount of sugar. It's part of a healthy, balanced diet. So that's what they're told. And so I'm going to go through this Washington Post article. This is really well done. They said, as the World Health Organization raised questions this summer about the risks of popular artificial sweetener, a new hashtag began spreading on the social media accounts of health professionals. It said, hashtag safety of aspartame. Steph Grasco, a registered dietitian from Oakton, Virginia, used the hashtag and told her 2.2 million followers on TikTok that the WHO warnings about artificial sweeteners were clickbait based on low quality science. Another, another dietitian, Kara Harbstreet of Kansas City, reassured her Instagram followers not to worry about fear-mongering headlines about aspartame because the evidence doesn't suggest there's a reason for concern. In a third video, Mary Ellen Phillips, a Houston area dietitian who specializes in diabetes care, sipped from a glass of soda and told her Instagram viewers that artificial sweeteners satisfy the desire for sweetness without affecting blood sugar or insulin levels. What these dietitians didn't make clear was that they were being paid to post these videos by American Beverage, a trade and lobbying group represented representing Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, and other companies. In all, at least 35 posts from a dozen health professionals were part of the, the coordinated campaign by American Beverage. The trade group paid an undisclosed amount to 10 registered dietitians, as well as a physician and fitness influencer to use their social media accounts to help blunt the WHO's claims that aspartame, a mainstay of Diet Coke and other sodas, is ineffective for weight loss and possibly carcinogenic. So they were paying these influencers here. And there's all kinds of studies. In fact, uh, Environmental Health 2021, April 2021, has a great published article, uh, Aspartame and Cancer, a New Evidence for Causation. And this article, let me read this background. Aspartame is one of the world's most widely used artificial sweeteners as an ingredient in more than 5,000 food products globally. Our particularly important use is in low-calorie beverages consumed by children and pregnant women. The Ramzani Institute reported in 2006 and 2007 that aspartame causes dose-related increases in malignant tumors in multiple organs in rats and mice. Increased cancer risk was seen at low exposure levels approaching the acceptable daily intake. Prenatal exposures caused increased malignancies in rodent offspring at lower doses than in adults. So let me read that again. Prenatal, okay, so you know what so this is a you know a pregnant woman, prenatal exposures caused increased malignancies in rodent offspring at lower doses than in adults. These findings generated intense controversy focused on the accuracy of Ram Ramzani Institute's diagnosis of 
hematopoietic and lymphoid tissue tumors. Critics made the claim that pulmonary lesions observed in aspercam-exposed animals were inflammatory lesions caused by mycoplasma infection rather than malignant neoplasms. So anyways, they went ahead, they looked at these studies, and they did an, an immunohistochemical analysis using a battery of markers uh, to really assess and understand this better. This is what they found. These new findings confirm that aspartame is a chemical carcinogen in, ro in rodents and says the findings were this immunohistochemical and morphological reevaluation confirmed the original diagnosis of malignancy in 92.3% of cases. Six lesions originally diagnosed as lymphoma were reclassified three to lymphoid hyperplasia and three to chronic inflammation with fibrosis. There was no evidence of mycoplasma infection. So showed that these types of lymphoid tissue tumors increased when, when aspartame was consumed and the consumption level was equivalent to what you know people are, are, are consuming. And so of course the World Health Organization, they came about and they said, okay, it's a possible carcinogen. Aspartame is a possible carcinogen. But aspartame is one of the main ingredients in popular diet drinks. And so, of course, that's, you know, Diet Coke. I mean, uh, you know, th this could have raised about a whole bunch of different possible lawsuits and obviously loss of a lot of business for Coca-Cola, PepsiCo. And so they went about and they created a company called American Beverage, which is a trade and lobbying group. And this trade and lobbying group, American Beverage, they sponsor conferences teaching nutritionists and dietitians. They went ahead and they paid, you know, these 10 health influencers to all, and they gave them talking points on how aspartame is actually healthy. It's fine. Don't believe, you know, the fear mongering. And that that is a serious issue. And this is why it's so important to understand where you're getting your health information from. And so I'm going to go on and continue to read this Washington Post article, it says the campaign, which the beverage group acknowledged organizing, highlighted a little known tactic the multi-billion dollar food and beverage industry is using to sway consumers faced with often contradictory health messages about the popular products. The food, beverage, and dietary supplement industries are paying dozens of registered dietitians that collectively have millions of social media followers to help sell products and deliver industry-friendly messages on Instagram and TikTok, according to an analysis by the Washington Post. And the examination, a new nonprofit newsroom specializing in global public health reporting. The analysis of thousands of posts found that companies and industry groups paid dietitians for content that encouraged viewers to eat candy and ice cream, downplayed the health risks of highly processed foods, and pushed unproven supplements, messages that run counter to decades of scientific evidence and healthy eating. The review found that among 68 dietitians with 10,000 or more social media followers on TikTok or Instagram, about half had promoted food, beverages, or supplements to their combined 11 million followers within the last year. Now, I don't have an issue with health influencers talking about various supplements, talking about foods, talking about beverages. In general, I think that's great. I think that's really good. If you're having a good experience with a supplement or if you've seen patients or people you've worked with have really good experiences with supplements, wonderful. Share that with your audience. If you're, if you, you know, there's certain foods, I'm talking about foods all the time. I'm talking about, uh, you know, lemon water. I'm talking about avocados. I'm talking about grass-fed organic animal products. I'm talking about things like, 
uh, grass-fed meat sticks from Paleo Valley, one of my one of my sponsors and and a company that I use every single day. I use their products. I consume their foods. I don't think that that's an issue. I think it the issue is when you have health influencers that are telling you foods that are you know we have been well researched that are ultra processed foods that we know are high glycemic. They spike your blood sugar. They spike your insulin levels. And they drive up inflammation in the body. And you have health influencers out there telling people that these foods are okay as part of a balanced diet, that it's fine to consume them, and actually encouraging, in some cases, not all cases, but in some cases, encouraging parents to actually feed these things to children. That is a problem. That's a serious issue. Okay. And that is unethical and uh, not good. I mean, people don't need, people need good health advice, right? That's what our society needs. We have a we have a, a society that's chronically ill. Nine out of 10 are metabolically inflexible where they can't burn fat for fuel. They're stuck in chronic sugar burning mode. They're craving sugar all the time. They're eating all throughout the day. They're having trouble losing weight. They can't get inflammation down. Many people are taking medications, very strong medications that are causing damage to their body, but they're doing them to just alleviate certain symptoms that are related to their diet, that if they had changed their diet, they would be able to come off of these medications. They would feel significantly better and be healthier. And you've got health influencers out there telling people that it's fine to consume these foods. It's fine to consume things like artificial sweeteners that have been linked with cancer, that have been linked with chronic degenerative diseases. Splenda, for example, you know, is another common uh, uh, artificial sweetener that's out there. There's a study, Frontiers of Oncology, 2000, June 2020, sucralose, which is also known as, as Splenda, that it promotes colitis-associated colorectal cancer risk in a mouse model along with changes in the microbiota. The issue is that we don't have a whole lot of human data, a whole lot of human research with a lot of these artificial sweeteners, but in animal studies, they're shown to cause a lot of you know chronic inflammation. Like with Splenda, we know that it's a chlorine-based co compound. So chlorine-based compounds are really damaging to the gut microbiota. So it's chlorine, you know, is a, is a natural sterilizing agent. So it helps kill bacteria, which is why we put it into you know why they chlorinate water to help reduce the risk of getting an E. coli infection or some sort of infection from the water. But we need a water filtration system in order to take the chlorine out to filter the water so we can actually drink it for the water to be healthy. This is why tap, one of the reasons why tap water is so unhealthy because it's got chlorine, disinfectant byproducts, heavy metals, all kinds of bad stuff in there that we want to filter out. However, I understand why they put the chlorine to begin with to reduce the bacterial load because the bacteria can cause a infection, which can cause disease. And so <clears throat> clearly that's, that's an issue and that's why they use the chlorine. Now, when you take a chlorine-based compound like uh, sucralose or Splenda, and you are now using that in order to create a, you know, a, a tasty drink, now you're going to get that same effect in the gut. And that's why there's so many studies that are showing that sucralose or Splenda causes gut dysbiosis. We know that when there's dysbiosis or abnormal bacterial balance in the gut, that it leads to gut inflammation. And then that gut inflammation leads to leaky gut or intestinal permeability, which drives up whole body inflammation, increases your risk of autoimmune conditions, metabolic disease, as well as things like 
even cancer, heart disease, diabetes, right? All these different issues. And so these kinds of artificial sweeteners, we have health influencers that are out there promoting them and protecting them, taking money from big food industry in order to get this message out that you know these types of things are okay. And I'm not okay with that. I think that that's really problematic. It's disingenuous and it's causing problems in our society. And so let me go on with this Washington Post article. Where did I leave off? It says, while some dietitians noted in their social media posts that they were part of paid partnerships, their relationships with the food industry were in many cases not made explicit to viewers. The analysis found the FTC advises all social media influencers to be clear about who is paying them for their promotions. The strategy of enlisting dietitians on social media has allowed the industry to extend its vast reach and promote often questionable nutrition advice to new generations of teenage and Gen Z eaters and millennial parents accustomed to finding news and health advice on social media. By paying registered dietitians, health professionals who specialize in nutrition, the food industry is moving beyond the world of ordinary online influencers to harness the prestige of credentialed experts to deliver commercial messages. They're getting these dietitians to essentially do their marketing for them. And so this is, a you know, again, a big issue. And let's see, they go on. Here's somebody that's, you know, a, a oncologist. So she's an oncologist nutritionist. And she talks about how aspartame is healthy and safe. There's another person that is a diabetes nutritionist. She says, is aspartame safe for people with diabetes? Does aspartame raise blood sugar levels? What does decades of research actually show to be true about aspartame? And she talks about how aspartame is actually really healthy and fine and that there's no, uh, you know, human, there, human studies are not showing that it's linked to chronic inflammation and cancer and other major health issues. And then in the comments, somebody asked, they said, genuine question. Your post says this is an ad paid partnership. And the, and the individual that's asking this question says, with who? Diet Coke, aspartame, the FDA, the ADA, the WHO. I'm just curious. And then this influencer responds, valid question, the American Beverage Association. And so again, you know, we know that this is going on. They're paying for these kinds of studies. Oh, I'm sorry, they're paying. Well, they're paying for studies for sure. They help to market studies that downplay the risks, but they're also paying for these health influencers to promote their products. And again, like I said, that's a major issue and that's a problem. And says, let's see, while the dietitian influencers contacted for this article wouldn't say how much they are paid for sponsored posts, several said that companies generally pay a few thousand dollars per video and the offers could be as high as tens of thousands of dollars for creators with the biggest social media audiences. Registered dietitian Lindsay Plescott of Vancouver, British Columbia, has posted videos of herself eating ice cream and peanut butter cups while telling people that denying themselves sugary food will only make cravings worse. These and other posts were paid for by the Canadian Sugar Institute. The trade group, which is funded by sugar producers, includes the videos on its Instagram page. In one video, Plescott held a glazed donut and chocolate chip cookie, and she mocked advice to reduce sugar intake. She said, the best ways to cut sugar are with a knife, with my hands, even with my teeth. In the description next to the video, she wrote, dietitian approved. Let's see, she goes on, she goes, okay, 
Want to know the best way to cut sugar? With a knife, with my hands, even with my teeth. Perfect for soft, delicious treats like my favorite chocolate peanut butter cups. And then she says, but never out of my life. Sugar has been getting a bad rep for years. Thanks, diet culture. But villainizing sugar is the most surefire way to get you even more obsessed. We want what we can't have, right? Despite what we've been led to believe, sugar is not toxic and doesn't need to be avoided at all costs. What's actually worse than eating sugar is the guilt and stress we place upon ourselves when we do eat it. Not only does that this have negative mental and emotional effects, but it can have significant physical impacts too. There truly is room for all foods in a nourishing diet and allowing yourself to include them is the best thing you can do to stop obsessing. I just wanted to take a moment and interrupt this podcast to tell you about Paleo Valley's Essential C Complex. Vitamin C is a critical compound when it comes to supporting a healthy immune system. It's powerful for the immune system, but it's also really good for your skin, really good for energy. Most people don't realize this, but it actually plays a very important role in energy production. And again, for skin health as well, joint health, there's so many things that vitamin C supports our body in. And what I love about Paleo Valley's Essential C is it's a really powerful pure vitamin C supplement. And unlike most vitamin Cs, it contains zero synthetic ingredients that were created in a lab. Instead, it's made from three of the most potent whole food sources of vitamin C on the planet. So nothing weird in there, just food. Guys, check them out at paleovalley.com forward slash jockers to save 15% off. If you're looking for a great vitamin C to support your immune system, your skin, and your energy, go to paleovalley.com forward slash jockers to save 15% off the essential C complex. Now, I understand what she's getting at there. I understand that she's saying, hey, you know, a little bit, you know, you can have a little bit of these things. And it's something I teach as well. Like, hey, we all have a certain threshold of, you know, not, food that's that's not life-giving, not health-giving that we can handle. And, and, you know, my diet isn't 100% perfect. There's times where I eat, you know, ultra-processed food, but it's extremely rare. But I would not promote that to my audience. I wouldn't say, okay, this is this is the way to be healthy. This is the way to be healthy. I would try to teach... Most people are already struggling with those things. I would try to teach really good health principles, really good strategies and health principles and not be telling people, yeah, let's eat more sugar. You know, let's eat, let's have sugar. It's fine. It's part of a healthy balanced diet. These ultra processed foods, let's have these. Instead, be trying to encourage people to reduce them, avoid them, give them alternatives, healthy alternatives, things like that. I think that's going to be a lot better for our country, for our world. It's going to be a lot better for our communities is to teach people how to stop sugar cravings, how to reduce them, not how to just give in to them, but instead how to take back control of their life and their health. I think that's so important. So let's go on with this article. It says later in the post, it said AD to indicate it was a paid advertisement. So she put this parentheses AD, which indicates a paid ad advertisement. After inquiries about the partnership, the posts were updated with CDN Sugar Nutrition, which is the Instagram account for the Canadian Sugar Institute. So Canadian Sugar Institute paid her to write this post about why, you know, in a sense, she's not going to cut sugar. Again, the question was, want to know the best way to cut sugar? And she says, with a knife, with my hands, even with my teeth, but never out of my life. 
And so she's basically saying, okay, you can eat these, you know, chocolate peanut butter cups and the various, you know, sugar-based processed foods you want, and you're going to be healthy. And you're, and, and that's a part of a healthy balanced diet. That's basically what she's sharing in that post. And that's just not, it's not the message we want to get ac- across. Now, Plescott was asked an email. She, she so Washington Post emailed her. She said that she initially had concerns about working with the sugar group, but that she has full control over her posts, which reflect her belief in removing guilt and shame around food. She wrote that all collaborative content has been the same messaging I've been shared organically for years. My integrity is most important to me, she said. But again, I just don't think. I think she actually believes this, and that's the thing. I I I I don't think she thought that post was out of integrity, and the reason why she doesn't believe that is because of the training that she's had. So I don't think that she said, "Well, I'm just going to take this money and put up these posts promoting, you know, how sugar is is a part of a healthy, balanced diet, and that I'm just going to take the money." And even though I don't believe this, I'm going to say this. I don't think that's the case. I think she actually does believe that because she's been told throughout her training and various conferences and other influencers that she follows, she's been told that consuming these ultra processed foods is fine as long as it's part of a healthy, quote unquote, balanced diet. And that's just not true. And so whether you're going to consume these foods or not, to say that they're actually healthy and part of a balanced diet is not right. We should all know these are not healthy foods. They're not part of a balanced diet. And we can actually get healthier alternatives that maybe have less sugar, don't have chemical-based compounds. You know, There's a lot of things out there now that are processed foods that I wouldn't say are healthy, but they're healthier than many of the you know conventional products that are out there. So- like instead of Oreos, there's Numinos, right? Which use more organic ingredients and things like that. That's that's as an example. Now, I would never say that those are healthy foods, uh, but they're healthier. Instead of consuming soda, there is Zevia. If you ever heard of that, there's you know a brand of Zevia, which is soda that's flavored with stevia. Now, stevia doesn't have an impact on your blood sugar, but when you're drinking something super sweet. It will increase your insulin levels to some degree, and it can promote cravings. So I would never say that Zevia is healthy, right? The the drink, the you know, if you get your root beer Zevia and you drink that, I wouldn't say you're improving your health by drinking that. However, I would say that it's a much healthier alternative than consuming a typical root beer or even a, a diet, you know, your typical traditional diet drink that has Splenda or has aspartame in it. So I would say it's a healthier alternative. And I think it's fine if you're going to promote information to people as this is a healthier alternative. But, you know, again, the idea that consuming highly ultra processed, high sugar, high, high glycemic impact foods is part of a healthy, balanced, nutritious diet. I don't think, I don't agree with that. And I don't think that that's uh, a good message to get across. But again, I think a lot of these dietitians actually believe that because that's what they've been taught. And that's a key principle. So when you go to a hospital, when you go to a typical conventionally trained nutritionist or dietitian, they believe that. In fact, when I was going through school and I was taking nutrition courses in graduate school, the nutrition professor, I mean, she was 300 plus pounds. She was at least 100 pounds overweight. She was morbidly obese 
And she was basically teaching everything in moderation. You can have these processed foods, that's fine, as long as you also eat these healthier foods, right? These plants, you know, fruits and vegetables. As long as you're getting fruits and vegetables in your diet, you can also eat all these processed foods. And, you know, clearly that's not working for her and it's not working for our society. Most people in society actually believe that and it's clearly not working. And so we need to really be telling people ultra processed foods, super unhealthy. Okay, if you can get a healthier alternative that's better, still not healthy. And so that's what we need to be teaching people because we want to make 80 to 90% of our nutrition choices. And, and in some cases, if we have a chronic illness, we have chronic degenerative disease, if we're morbidly obese, if we have you know, autoimmune condition, we may want to take 95% of our nutrition you know, or, or more, 100% of our nutrition and really focus on healthy, life-giving, nutrient-dense foods. So I think that's super key. Um, let's see. Let's continue on with this, art with this article here. This is another dietitian with a large social media following. Jen Messina of North Vancouver posted a video on Instagram where she added a lollipop to a dinner plate. She told parents the strategy will prevent sweets obsession and help kids develop healthier relationships with food. In another Instagram video, she told parents that they can make Halloween less stressful by allowing kids to eat as much candy as they want when they're done trick-or-treating. Are you kidding me? So you're going to let kids go out, get a whole bunch of ultra-processed candy, which spikes their blood sugar. There's no nutrients in there. When, when we have ultra-processed foods, not only are we not getting nutrition, but the blood sugar impact that the food has on our body actually pulls nutrition from our body. It stresses our, our system, creates massive amounts of inflammation, and causes nutrient deficiencies. And so she's saying, well, don't stress about it. Just let your kids have as much as they want. Don't make a big deal out of it. She, she actually says, yes, they may barf. That's a great life lesson. So she's saying, you know, let them just eat as much sugar as they want. They'll Maybe they'll learn from it if they have a bad experience. Right. So that's the message that she's trying to get across. Here's a post. She says, Stop bribing your kids to eat their dinner with dessert. Despite our best intentions, we're actually teaching them that dinner is actually so gross, they need to be bribed into eating it. That sweets are a reward that need to be earned. So if you want to help your kiddos ditch the sweets obsession and have a healthier relationship with food, try serving dessert with the meal and don't make it contingent on X bites to get it. But don't forget that parents still still get to decide in advance which meals dessert will be served. So she's saying just let them have dessert with dinner and in particular, let them have candy. So like with my kids, primary dessert for them is fruit, right? And to them, fruit is like candy. My kids don't get candy. They're consuming fruit and they love fruit because it tastes good, but it's also life-giving. You know, they're getting organic fruits, organic apples, oranges, pineapple, peaches, all of these types of, you know, fruits that have structured water in them, that have electrolytes, polyphenols, various compounds that are very healthy for the body. And so that to them is candy. Now, do they get, you know, some homemade cookies with healthier ingredients that my wife makes? Absolutely. Uh, she does that from time to time. She'll make, you know, healthy homemade cakes and stuff like that. So they're still enjoying food that has certainly processed ingredients in them. But um, again, they love fruit 
and fruit to them is a dessert. And that's what we're allowing our kids to have. And they're getting it once they consume their their other food that's nutrient and life-giving. I don't believe in this case of, oh, it's bad to have your kids finish their meal. If the meal is healthy and it's got high quality protein, healthy fats, it's got some vegetables in there that you know have life-giving nutrients in it, the kids should finish their meal before they have any sort of sweet food or dessert. And this kind of idea, oh, we're teaching our kids to overeat so they can get the reward on the back end. No, we're teaching them that when it comes to nutrient-dense foods, you need to prioritize those. You prioritize those and eat them, and then you can reward yourself with something that's still life-giving, nutrient-dense, ideally, fruit that is healthy, but you're already satiated. You've got your protein, you've got your fiber, you've got your healthy fats, so your blood sugar's your 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 body is satiated, your blood sugar's stable, and then you add in you know foods that have a little bit more sugar, ideally natural sugars like fruit. And I think that's a really good principle to teach our kids. And you know this idea that a lot of dietitians, nutritionists say, which is don't teach your kid they have to finish their plate because that teaches them to overeat. I think that's wrong. I think that's incorrect unless it's ultra processed foods. I mean, if you're giving your kids macaroni and cheese, if you're giving your kids you know a plate full of French fries then certainly you're teaching them eat as you know eat all of these hyper palatable um massively inflammatory foods and then after that treat yourself with ice cream you know or something like that so if that's the case then i could understand but obviously our goal is to to have our children eat very nutrient dense foods that help balance the blood sugar and help satiate hunger and cravings and therefore they're going to consume less of you know, the sweeter foods that they're going to consume as their quote unquote dessert, right? Whether it's fruit or let's say they have, you know, access to in our house, healthier cookies. Um, they're going to consume less of them because they're already going to be satiated with good proteins, healthy fats, fiber uh, in their diet. So again, going on in this, in this article, and I'm going to be finishing up here soon. You guys check this article out. It's on the Washington post again. But, um, you know, Messina that wrote this post, she was also paid by the Canadian Sugar Institute. Um, let's see. Messina declined to say how much the Sugar Institute pays for her sponsored video. She said she pitches ideas for videos to the Institute, but has full say in what she posts. Um, and so, you know, and I, and again, I, I understand that they're not giving her a script. They're just saying, Hey, this is, we want you to tell people that, you know, that, that, that it's, the information they're learning that sugar is bad is wrong. That's what they're basically saying. And so then she creates her own post about it. And, you know, that's obviously an issue. So anyways, this article, really good. It's really good to understand that the food industry pays influencer dietitians to shape your eating habits. It's really important to understand where you're getting your health information from. Are you getting really good health information or not? And look, I make money off of supplements off of various companies as well, different products, I would never tell you that you really need to take this. Um, you know, I would say basically that, you know, these kind of products can be really supportive to your health. They can be really helpful and help you reach your health goals. And I think that's really what it's about when it comes to supplements. They're they're helpful, but 80 to 90% of your health results are going to come down to your diet and your lifestyle. And if you're consuming ultra processed foods, there is no supplement 
that is going to help you overcome the damage that you're inducing to your body if you're consuming a diet that's high in ultra processed, hyper palatable foods. So the big principles that you want to take away with your nutrition are reduce sugar, grains, and artificial sweeteners, right? And different chemicals. Number one, number two, get rid of bad fats, corn oil, soybeans, safflower, cottonseed, right? All of your processed vegetable oils. And instead focus on really healthy fats. That's going to be things like avocados, extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil, grass-fed butter, pasture-raised eggs, grass-fed tallow, which is beef fat, basically. Um, grass-fed animal products. That's critical. You know, number three is consume less, basically change your meat, less conventional meat, more grass-fed, organic, pasture-raised animal products. And again, trying to avoid as much chemicals uh, as possible in your, your diet and lifestyle, right? And so you're trying to obviously reduce the overall toxicity. And you want, when it comes to your nutrition, you want to be thinking of, I want maximal nutrients, minimal toxins, maximal nutrients, minimal toxins. Where are you going to get maximal nutrients from natural organic uh, fruits and vegetables, as well as animal products, organic animal products going to be super rich in a lot of nutrients that your body needs. And then organic fruits and vegetables, that's going to be super good and, you know, super high in a lot of nutrients your body needs. And also very low in pesticides, herbicides, various chemicals. If you're not consuming processed foods, processed foods are always going to be high in a number of different chemicals in order to act as preservatives, additives, stabilizers, right? All these types of compounds that allow the food to have a very long shelf life and to give it certain textures and flavors that um, you know were lab designed to be incredibly palatable in your in your mouth. And so if you're avoiding those, you're going to get less toxins, you're going to get more nutrients by consuming real foods. So that's the takeaway here. Remember where you're getting your information from. If you got people out there that are telling you opposite, that's wrong. If you got people even, you know, there's a lot of people out there that um, you know, even in in a natural health space that will say things like, you know, don't ever eat, you know, an orange or an apple because it's too much sugar. You know, I did I would disagree with that as well. I would say natural foods consumed a certain amount of moderation, and you want to consume it based on how your body is able to handle and tolerate it. Some people are going to do really well with fruits, some people aren't. Some people are going to do really well with legumes, or even to some degree, some grains, and other people are not. Right? They're not going to do very well with it. In fact, a lot of people are not going to do well with grains. And so that's what you got to take into consideration here. And hopefully you guys got a lot out of this. Check out this article again. I'll have it in the show notes, Washington Post article. And we will see you guys on a future podcast. Everybody be blessed. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.